a voice. Sweet like a butterfly with words that sometimes sting like a honeybee. This is your sister love extraordinaire, a.k.a. Red Sonia, the song bee. Welcome to episode 18 of the Sister Love Untethered and Under the Radar podcast. So how you living? I hope you living good. I live by the HQ Creed, that's H3, and that stands for humor times health times happiness equals the recipe for life. That's how I move it along as I write on my blogspot, h3life.blogspot.com. Check it out. So thanks for joining me today in my solo cast. Sister Love Untethered and Under the Radar is a place where sister and friends can speak freely and unapologetically about topics relevant to our experience and our opinions. And yes, they're only opinions. You can have yours. You can always leave a comment on the website or Facebook page. I'd be happy to hear from it, from you, uh, including your pH level. So let's jump right in it. So the P square for the week, that is the pursuit of health and happiness squared. That's P times two, and it equals the pursuit of health and happiness. So uh, indulge with me. This week, my pH level has been five being the best. Level is four. That's pretty good. Um, I've had some challenges, but again, you know, I add my little recipe, the H cube sprinkle, and I hurry up and focus on shifting it and getting those levels up. Now, the positive things, the pH factors, I would say that uh, helped me bring it up. My factors for the week were a really deep mellow massage and that does wonders when anytime you're doing something to help heal your body it's magical it's transformational and we have to do it for ourselves so for me I'm noticing now and this is about my uh, third or fourth week of massages and I'm going to a chiropractor and this is just putting some love back into my life I'm not waiting for someone to to give it to me, to show me love. It's not uh, an external thing. It has to happen internal, and I have to make sure that that gift is given to me. And through my wonderful masseuse, Michael, who puts those magic fingers into my muscles, moving the, the blood flow and getting rid of toxins in my body, it's healing. Thank you, Michael. Give you a shout out. I really appreciate it. So yes, that just uh, doubles up on my pH factor, brings that level up real high. The other positive things that happened to me this week, uh, I don't know if I've said this before, but uh, over the year, past year, I was involved in a certification program uh, based on full-time, considered full-time attendance. And it was for construction management. Yes, I'm someone who considers myself to be an artist. Yes. But sometimes, in the meantime, you have to get along, right? Do what you got to do to get along. And uh, and just to to float your boat, sponsor your, your loves. And uh, whatever's going to improve that, as long as I can find some love in it, then that's what she's going to do. She believes in... Uh, excelling above survival. We're not trying to stay on the survival level. 
But anyway, I did complete a one-year program in construction management, so I was real happy that that was, uh, course was over in the early part of August, and the certificate just came in the mail, so I'm happy. Hey, big, big hands up, hands in the air. So that was a big positive plus for me. It really didn't register until I received the certificate, which uh, made me feel real good. Sometimes, you know, we have to do something to validate ourselves. And I don't mean validation in a way of looking for other people to validate you, but you validating yourself. We do it for ourselves. You know, if you have to wait on other people to validate you, well, God bless you. Because, yeah, it's going to be a whole lot of struggles and a whole lot of storms in your life. Because you're going to be subject to whatever the, the wind, whichever way the wind blows. Who wants to do that? And that's why I will always preach and talk about uh, planting your feet firm in a solid foundation. You know, the weather's going to be there. The storm is going to come. Nothing stays the same. But it doesn't mean that you have to blow every way the wind blows just because. So don't wait for other people to come along and validate yourself. You know, you I mean, you validate yourself. Don't wait for other people to do it. It's nice to get those uh, kudos wherever they come. You know, some people are on social media because they need, again, validation. Looking for it elsewhere. Do it for yourself. So I'm practicing what I preach, okay? And uh, I raise a certain standard that I have to live up to. And it's not always easy, but I'll do the work. I'll do the work because it means that much to me. I think if you lived on the opposite side and experienced the opposite of what it's like to deal with, let's say, the pH factor or the pH level on a 1. If your pH level is on a 1 on a consistent, that's not a happy space. A 2, not satisfactory enough. A 3, well, okay, you're leaving in medi mediocrity. You don't want to stay there. And you don't want to have to use something artificial to boost your pH level. You want it to come from internally. The best thing, and I think in life, in the lessons that we have to learn is to exercise the muscles that's going to help us improve our pH factor. Okay? Improve it through our own exercise, our own self-validation, our own belief in loving ourselves. Something to, to give us a foundation in. That even through the hard times you have something to lean on. No matter how hard, tough it seems, you, you stand. So when you can incorporate something positive in your week, okay, that, that you deliberately engage in something that's going to raise your pH factor, Okay, you factor in something that that is going to improve your pursuit of health and happiness. That's how you impact your pH level factor and bring it up to a five, five being greatest. Not saying it stays there all the same all the time, but if you practice, even when it's not good, if you had a three, at least you have some way of leveraging the negativities. Bring it on up. That's all I'm saying. So for me, yes, the massage was was the thing that did it for me for the week. 
And it's just something I need to incorporate in my life. Plus, of course, exercise and all the other positive things. You know, everybody has their own thing. I hope you find something that's positive for you. Uh, for me, I have to start with uh, prayer because I do have a, a belief in a higher power greater than myself. Okay? And that that energy that impacts uh, everything. Okay? Not just our planet, but the universe. And that we each live and move in our own space and planets. And we orbit in spaces. I, I choose to orbit in something that's positive to me. To impact that through the energy that I emit. And hopefully you do the same. So I'm going to engage all the things that's going to make it a little better. And a little more positive. And so those healing hands, they they certainly help me. You know, um, Particularly, sometimes it takes the place, you know, I think the human touch. If you don't have the intimacy in your life, some people, you know, you have that. Sometimes you take it for granted. Sometimes it's not at the standard that you want it to be. But then there's, there's points in our lives when there is no human intimacy. But you still have to find we're human and you have to find a way to balance the mind, body, soul, experience in this space on earth. So if you're feeling lack of a hug, well, find something, a pH factor that you can bring into your life that's going to be like the strong and, and loving embrace of someone who loves you very much. And hey, albeit for me, if it was a massage once a month, twice a month, however many times, these are the things that I'm going to factor in my life that brings healing and well-being being and balance for me. And that's what I'm suggesting to you. So, back to my pH factors. Yes, my one-year certification, and I came in the mail. It's pretty and with beautiful fonts and lettering and uh, with gold leaf, and I love it. That, that makes me feel great. It didn't hit me until I got it in the mail. And... And I can say, yes, you know, I'm just trying to mitigate drama. To me, the certification having a, is like having a backup plan, right? <laughs> you know, for people who pursue careers in artistic endeavors or entrepreneurial endeavors, you know, you do what you have to do. It doesn't always take off right away, but you always need a backup plan. It helps. It helps because you want to try to eliminate the drama and God knows how much drama there can be when you're challenged financially or just challenged. There's going to be people to bring drama in your life. So let's get right into it. So my topic for today is no drama, no drama, because there certainly has been a lot of drama you know, I don't know if you've been listening to the news. There's been a ton of drama in the media. And it's always there. It's always going to be there. There may even be drama in your life. Certainly some drama in mine, but I always try to keep it at bay. I don't want it too close. Try to mitigate it. But drama always seems to exist, right? So I want to just uh, call out a couple of quotes about drama <laughs> that I found very interesting. One of my favorite uh, past Hollywood producers, directors, writers, 
is Alfred Hitchcock. And Alfred Hitchcock said or stated about drama, what is drama but life without the dull bits cut out? Or let me repeat that. What is drama but life with the dull bits cut out? Okay, that's a little more accurate than what I said before. What is drama but life with the dull bits cut out? That's a quote of Alfred Hitchcock. Here's another quote. Eminem, okay, rapper. Uh, at this point, he would be consider, considered a Gen X, I believe. Yeah, he's a Gen X. Uh, that means he's he's not the older level of Gen X rappers, but, but definitely uh, a Gen X range. Anyway, Eminem says, If there's not drama and negativity in my life, all my songs would really be whack and boring or something. <laughs> okay, so he attributes his success basically to drama. And listen, most artists have taken drama and turned it into success. That's really taking life full of bitter lemons and making lemonade, finding the sweetness out of the bitter and the sourness and make it something that's thirst quenching and pleasing. So, and I'm, I'm down with that. I get that as an art, artist. I mean, you could just stand, exist and be a victim or you could take a moment and you know what? I'm not living the victim life. I'm going to turn this around. Okay. Let's see who else, uh, gave us a great quote about uh, drama. Taylor Swift, who's also been in the news of late. Taylor says, the drama and the trauma of a relationship you have when you're 16 can mirror the one you have when you're 26. Life repeats itself. Well, Taylor Swift would know. I'm sure she's had. <laughs> As we know, uh, like Eminem, uh, life life's drama has certainly encouraged her to to become a top universal or global celebrity you know she writes uh wonderful lyrics that a ton of people relate to taylor taylor swift has had her share of drama you know definitely with her past experience with um her relationship. Anyway, she's had conflict with many people. But more recently, Taylor Swift was uh, given the Video of the Year Award at the MTV Video Awards. And in her acceptance speech, she basically called out the White House for not supporting the Equality Act during the awards or during her acceptance speech. She said that the video, uh, which clearly referenced pro-LGBTQ messages and that shade never made anybody less gay. She said it in her speech and also in her song, 
which is entitled, uh, or the album is entitled Lover. Anyway, and she basically thanked her supporters, or the Swifties, for voting for that video, which means that they want a world where all people are treated equally. Now, as a result of that, somehow, this matter has put Kellyanne Conway's britches in a bundle <laughs> ever since. And she has been on the attack along with the White House. And it's gotten real heated over, uh, over the last week. Kellyanne Conway, she comes back and she says the White House doesn't support pieces of legislation that has poison pills and that can harm other people. Poison pills? Really, Kellyanne? <laughs> but we're not too surprised at a lot of things that comes out of her mouth. She seems to love being in the eye of the storm when it comes to drama. Kind of like her boss, right? So there's a, a huge storm going on between the White House and their former beloved daughter of the right, uh, the alt-right, which was Taylor Swift. But she's no longer a poster child. She pretty much put the nail in that coffin at the VMA Awards. Drama. Drama. So, Adele has her uh, statement about drama the singer Adele, an award-winning singer, we should say. Anyway, Adele says, My life is full of drama, and I don't have time to worry about something as petty as what I look like. If you remember a few years ago at the top of Adele's career, not saying her career is over, but she rose swiftly to the top, she was always an ample-sized woman, and... Notably, because she became a, a global superstar, she received criticism and a lot of opinions about her weight. Well, you know, Adele went on and she got married and she had a beautiful child. And we haven't heard much of Adele lately. What the hell does she care about everyone's opinion? What does she care? You know, we'll hear from her. When she's good and ready, and she won't worry a bit about what other people happen to think about her weight. I say, Adele, right on. They can miss you on that, <laughs> right? <laughs> so do you, and don't worry about what other people say. And when you're ready to come back bigger and better, do that. Okay, that's why I love Lizzo for her bold, brash, and in-your-face fabulousness. And she puts it in your face. It's like, hello world, this is me, this is who I am, big, bold, black, and beautiful, unapologetically. That's a sister extraordinaire. That's what I'm talking about. I love it. <laughs> Okay, uh, I have to say, 
you know, drama, drama's everywhere. It goes on and on and on. It doesn't stop, particularly with Trump in the White House. So there's so much drama always swarming around him. It's like, you know, a sow, a pig, you know, that's uh, in the muck. And there's always, you know, flies. And if you remember the character Pigpen, well, some of you uh, may not have grown up with Charlie Brown, but I did. And Pigpen was just a funky little character, you know. I mean, we didn't, television was visual, not smell-o-vision, but if you could smell it, you just knew Pigpen just had an awful, funky order about himself. And, and you know, you would see the little uh, picture and the dust, the animated picture of the dust flying around and the flies and the dirt and the smell emanating. Some people smell that strongly. You ever been around a homeless person? God bless them. But, you know, a little mad in the head or just anybody that just smells awful. Whoa, blow you away. It's almost like the smell has a, a, a image, a cloud. Because you know if you step into that cloud, it's you can almost swear that it's blinded you. It certainly has uh, taken away all your sense of smell. <laughs> but but anyway, uh, I, I digress. So, But my point is that, uh, you know, with Trump, it just reminds me of the image of uh, a walking pig straight out of the swamp with a bunch of flies. So, but anyway, so I won't even bother to get into all the other drama that's uh, swirling around him because it's tons. But that poor little Madeline Westerhout, poor little young girl, she was his personal secretary for the last three and a half or so years uh, (laughs) since he entered into the White House. Well, he fired her and he fired her for remarks that she allegedly made about his children during an off-the-record dinner with some uh, reporters. And allegedly, uh, Madeline Westerhout had been maybe a little intoxicated, or that's uh, something that he's alleging, that's his claim, that when she went uh, having diarrhea of the mouth, saying all these things to the reporters that she was intoxicated, but why use that excuse if you weren't going to forgive her for it? No, not not his children. He just straight out fired the girl. Now, one of the things that she allegedly bragged about, that she had a better relationship with the president than he did with his own daughters. Well, okay, that might sting a little bit, But maybe he should take some of this criticism reflectively, particularly when it comes from people who are right up under your armpit daily. It should say something, Mr. Man. But no. He pursues the drama. He he lives in it, breathes in it. And to fire her was just to add to his dossier of drama amongst other things that are going on with with Mr. Man Trump. Anyway, how about the drama with James Comey? 
Can you believe it that uh, the Wall Street Journal had an opinion piece titled Sneaky Leaky? Now, journalist Kimberly A. Strassel wrote in her opinion piece about James Comey, and it's clear what side she stands on, uh, calling him the sneaky leaky. It's been all over the place. And because James Comey uh, allegedly broke the, well, he broke some rules of serving in the administration. And those rules was that all information is conf- highly confidential and high security. But what he did after, mind you, he was fired, he passed on a memo that contained unclassified information regarding the president. And he passed it on to a friend with instructions to share the content to a, with a reporter. So it was by way of third party. But the Department of Justice basically uh, did not pursue any claims of, you know, of criminal behavior because, again... Mr. Comey had already been fired. So instead of, uh, again, Trump looking at this and maybe taking some some thought and, and silencing his mouth, he attacked Comey, of course, in a tweet. He, he, his tweet was to the tone of perhaps never in the history of our country has someone been more thoroughly disgraced and, and, and excoriated than James Comey in the just released Inspector General's report. He should be ashamed of himself. Now that's Trump's comments about Comey. But, you know, it's social media and if you want to engage in a back and forth or besting uh, the person who attacks you because you have an audience. You could do that. And Comey did. His tweet rebuttal was that he needed a, a public apologies from those who defamed him. He said, I need a public apologies from those who defamed me. But a quick message with, I'm sorry we lied about you, would be nice. <laughs> well, Comey, you know, you defend yourself. And I, I will give Comey that much credit. You know, in the midst of drama, I wouldn't say that he was disgracing himself. Clearly in his position and understanding the high security that's at stake, these unclassified memos were strategically thought out when the president asked him to do something that he felt was uh, a conflict of interest. And Comey did not want to bow down to that. He wanted to take action, but uh, clearly Comey apparently could see the writing on the wall. Sometimes your intuition and based on the actions of people around you, particularly in a work working environment and you have certain powers that be and people that are playing politics in the workplace you see the writing on the wall and it's a chess game and either you stand aside 
or stay or become a pawn in a chess game or because the powers that be that have more power than you to move about although you should have certain alliances that are going to neutralize your position it's kind of like a chess game uh, but when you see that those supporting alliances aren't really there then you rely on the laws that are in place hopefully to protect you or the policies in place that are going to protect you and I think Comey began utilizing certain strategies to move around and navigate through this drama I think he saw the storm coming and he could have played the yes man like a lot of people in the Trump administration did until they couldn't do it anymore and until it was a conflict of of their consciousness and it was a display of of a lack of integrity and if these people did not want their character to be written in the legacy of of history or even in their own personal legacy a lot of them elected to remove themselves from the drama at some point maybe some of them probably stayed in longer than they wanted to or longer than they really normally would have but there's a lot of people that vowed or elected to remove themselves from the drama I think in this case Comey was someone who was smart enough to understand how our country administration legal system and judicial system works and he utilized certain strategies because he saw the storm coming so I wouldn't accredit uh, credit Comey to being someone who is not a smart man and not intelligent enough to get it there's some things and decisions he, he could have taken another path and made a little differently but he did make a decision to stand his own ground okay in his own belief I give him credit for that Comey you go on and live your best life you know for the most part this drama is behind you although he may be called to to uh, testify before a jury or, or Congress for any pending things that may come up against this president so the drama's not over it's not over but you know still this is drama that's been going on <laughs> you know every week there is drama so Comey also tweeted he said and to all those who spent two years talking about me going to jail or being a liar and a leaker ask yourselves why you still trust people who gave you bad information for so long including the president touche so you know with that I would say Tom uh, Comey got his last words in it may not be all said and done but that uh, journalist Kimberly A. Strassel in her opinion column you know uh, certainly has done 
a lot to fall in favor with Fox News <laughs> and other media that uh, leans to the right. And so she does it. There's her. If she needs to be validated, there's her validation. Other than that, there's a, a lot of people that it's like, and so what? Drama. There's so much drama. We have drama in the planet. We The latest Hurricane Dorian has caused a lot of drama in uh, the uh, northern, northeast Caribbean. It missed, uh, it missed Puerto Rico, but I believe that it probably headed right now straight to uh, Bahamas and allegedly it's supposed to, uh, well, the forecast is that it's going to spend about a whole 24 hours possibly churning in the Bahamas. But for the most part, Florida, Florida coast and central Florida, which was, uh, according to the American forecast, uh, on an update on the hurricane that it was going to be a category four storm and uh, possibly heading for Florida. Now, as of today, as I'm speaking right now, the latest update is that now this, this storm has gained so much strength. Now they're calling it uh, a category fly five. So uh, now just to update, it looks like it it already became a category five and it hit let's see it's just as i'm speaking and it's about in the bahamas and maybe headed towards northern north carolina coast so this is really a dangerous storm hurricane dorian so i just want to send all my uh well wishes to all the people in the path of the storm. I mean, really, uh, that's high drama. And it's it's the earth, the atmosphere, the planet. And what can you do when you when the storm's coming but prepare? You can get out of the way and prepare. And that's what high drama a lot. <laughs> a lot of times it's just like a storm. I mean, a storm that's a category one to five to catastrophic and boy do you want to be out of the way of drama like that and it, it's really sad a lot of this is due to global warming but the earth is experiencing drama in in the way of weather and droughts there's drama in Brazil in the Amazon with its scorching the the fires are scorching the earth the amazon rainforest is known as the lungs of the planet and here we are in a, a very dire situation that's burning hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rain acres of rainforest it's very frightening and that's what's happening uh in in the amazon and furthermore, Brazil, the Brazil's president Bolsonaro, 
has created drama with, with the president of France, Macron, by attacking his wife's looks a few days ago before the G7. You see, so there's layers to this drama. And it's, it's, these are grown men who are leaders of country, of countries. And it's just really an outrage that Bolsonaro would go that low to attack another leader's uh, wife's looks. It was disrespectful. And it's, it's really the, the way these two men are behaving, it's, it's comical. It's really comical. So as a result, that had something to do with why Bolsonaro refused $20 million, accepting $20 million of help from uh, G the G7. I mean, and, you know, I think the greater the ego, the bigger the drama. I would definitely say that has a lot to do with it. <laughs> the larger the ego, the drama is going to be bigger. I mean, look at Trump. Need I say more? Need I say more? But it's, it's, it's tragic that this is happening in the rainforest. And a lot of the damage is due because of the uh, deforestation that's been occurring in the Amazon. And it's just, it's just really uh, frightening how this is the, the long-term effects of this, perhaps immediate and long-term. I mean, this fire is so great that the smoke has blackened parts during the day. Um, hundreds of miles away, totally blacking out the sun, if that's not frightening. But Bolsonaro, Jared's Bolsonaro eagle is so great, who is a far-right far politician, a nationalist, and he actually, I believe, has a, a, built a bond with Trump. And it appears as a uh, a nationalist and a uh, a far right pol political uh, supporter. Bolsonaro has is known for his famous, infamous series of bigoted and sexist, sexist and homophobic comments and attacks on immigrants. So it looks like the two have. Quite a bit in common. Bolsonaro is so <laughs> sexist, and and definitely someone undeserving of leadership. This is a man who re responded to a female lawmaker that accused him of encouraging rape. Bolsonaro said, "I wouldn't rape you because you don't deserve it." Now. Doesn't that sound like something that Trump would say? So if the two of them have formed some type of bond and and pact, it's no surprise to me. It's no surprise. All I could say to the rest of the country of Brazil and in in relation to the fire and the, the social uh, equanimity of that country, I wish you all the best. But Bolsonaro, to me, 
sounds like someone who is just another idiot. What is this, the, uh, the period of leadership of idiots? I sure hope this is going to turn around sometime soon. In the meantime, the Amazon is on fires, idiots. Drama. It's all about drama. Mandy Hale is, uh, she has a quote about drama. She says, don't waste words on people who, don't waste words on people who deserve your silence. Sometimes the most powerful thing you can say is nothing at all. I like that. Sometimes saying nothing is powerful. You know, going back to drama of the week. I had a house guest just for the weekend who was experiencing some drama because her boyfriend, whom she lives with, and the two of them are former roommates of mine. Well, she had they had a fight, and she didn't want him to know where she was going, and it was it was physical because she came and her face was swollen, her eye was red for days. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you know, I'm so thankful that right now I do not have this kind of drama in my life and really try to keep it at bay at a minimal. But she decided, you know, the best thing for me to do is just disappear and be gone and not have any contact with him. But that's the thing about love, y'all, you know, you know, as from someone on the outside of a relationship with when a couple is having drama, you can only be there for the person when they reach out to you and as best you can. But how long is that going to last? So you know from experience, you only learn this by experience. You soon find out that it is not worth your time, okay, or the value of your time to expend your energy putting too much into this person who's in a tough situation and going through their highs and lows in their relationship or something that because at the time they're in need, they're screaming, you know, bloody hell. And like, uh, this is a matter of life or death. I need your help. This person is that they're this, I can't stand them. It's done. I never want to see them again. I don't want them to know where I am. I'm not going to say anything to them. Only in less than 24 hours or 24 hours, they're going to be right back there. Now, I understand this, and I knew this, but I said, look, I'm going to be here for you. I opened my door, let her come on in, and for the time that she's here, I, because of the energy that's exerted, have to deal with that person's drama. Well, no matter how you look at it, it is drama, but that's why you keep yourself at a certain distance. You try to be there for them. But also you're kind of straddling a little bit of neutrality, which is advisable. But you listen to them and you give them good feedback. You try to, either based on your experience, based on observation. And if you want to, you take the high road and just try to be this wise voice. You don't want them to think that you're totally dismissing them. But at the same time, you know if you're exerting all this energy and only 24 or 48 hours later, they're going to be right back. You can see this cycle going on every three months, every six months. It happens with couples and people that aren't grounded in their own lives. 
to know that when a thing is not good, maybe it's time for me to find some other way of dealing with this or getting out of it. You just don't invest your time. But during that time, this individual way of handling this drama was to be silent from that person. But I knew that wasn't going to last because she was checking her phone every five minutes. But sometimes the most powerful thing you can say is to say nothing at all. And for some people, when you're dealing with drama in a relationship, saying nothing, especially when there's a lot of testosterone involved in it, only pisses them off and causes them to explode even more. But it really is the most powerful thing that you could do. But I think if you're cutting off a relationship, you do owe it to find a way to say what you ever have to say peacefully, as uh, diplomatically as possible to remove yourself from that situation and not to uh, try not to incite more violence or anger. I mean, it's it's a very uh, gentle gentle uh, situation to deal with if you're, you know, happen to deal, be in that circumstance. But I think that sometimes, and, and then there are times when you just need to be silent and it's not about a relationship, but someone has pissed you off so much that you want to march right up to them and, and uh, confront them. You know, in all your anger in the moment, I say, you know what, always best to take a pause before you do that. We know how that can turn out. You can look on social media and Twitter all day long and see just fights of people that don't know each other or people that know each other. Girl fights, ghetto fights, redneck fights, uh, hood fights, just stupid stuff. People just, just confront people and, hey, pop off just like that. That certainly is not the adult mature thing to do because, you know, being an adult acting like that, you look like a zip damn fool. You don't want to do that. <laughs> Sometimes the most powerful thing you could do is to say nothing at all. Walk away. Walk away. It's enough drama in the world. Enough. Enough drama. So I have to say with that, there's plenty of drama. But I want to uh, quote Ellen DeGeneres because I like what she has to say about drama. And her comment is, so many people prefer to live in drama because it's comfortable. It's like someone saying, staying in a bad marriage or relationship, it's actually easier to stay because they know what to expect every day versus leaving and not knowing what to expect. That is so profound, Ellen DeGeneres, because it, it goes back to the comment I was I just spoke about on the relationship uh, with this end of, between this, these two individuals. And again, if you're the person on the outside that's trying to help these folks in their relationship, well, we know how that can go. <laughs> you know, and you don't really want to sometimes you just don't want to get in the middle of it. But listen. But for some people, hey, if it is more preferable to live in a drama because it's comfortable for you, because it's comfortable to be in a bad marriage or a bad relationship, then that's on you, more power to you. I just say, 
listen, leave me out of it, <laughs> okay? And you might be that person, too, that want to take the side. Look, no no drama. Like Mary J. Bly said, no more drama. We already know what that is. Okay, so I want to take a moment, you all. So uh, I appreciate you all listening to Sister Love Untethered and Under the Radar. So don't forget to hit the share button and share with your friends, family on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Be sure to check out our Facebook Sisters Extraordinaire. That's our Facebook page. And you can leave your comment and tell us what your pH level is and what was the pH factor of the week that made your pH level go up. Okay? And uh, check out our other podcasts, um, my other podcasts that I do with uh, my partner, or I should say my co-host, we're friends, uh, which is the Vibe Juice Podcast. And that's more on politics and pop culture. So uh, thanks for listening. Now, let's go on with our Shiro segment. So my Shiro for this week, this is my Shiraz, Shiros. And honoring Shiros who are sung or unsung for her work, her leadership, her courage, creativity, and having a never-give-up spirit. So this week are Gen Z's, Generation Z's, my two tennis sisters of color. We've got Corey Coco Golf and Naomi Osaka. Uh, the other day, you know, Coco Golf is this 15-year-old phenomenon, okay? And she has made it up to, uh, wow, in, she's been number one in the junior leagues, and now She's won a junior grand slam in singles titles and another in doubles. And now she has become the youngest finalist in the tournament's history. She has, uh, there's a Coco craze just following her, following her everywhere. And I have to big her up. It's wonderful to see this young lady uh, of color, humble, strong, who looks up to uh, Venus and Serena, and we've got all of these wonderful girls coming up um, between Naomi, Osaka, and uh, Sloan, and uh, they're doing it. So Corey, uh, or I should say Coco Golf, played Naomi Osaka, and for the finals, and Naomi is number one, and this is the U.S. Uh, tournament. Uh, tennis tournament and uh i have to say naomi really you know she's naomi who's 21 or 22 you know or excuse me she's naomi's 24 and uh but still even at uh no she is she's 21 excuse me correction naomi who is haitian and uh, Japanese, so she's biracial, but she's a young lady of color. She was pretty much raised in Florida, but she represents Japan. And she basically shut it down with Coco. And poor Coco, but you know, there was such a, a sisterhood. Now listen, looking at the television, you would not be able to tell that these, these two young women are tall. They're tall. They're, they're almost six feet. 
They look so petite, but these are monsters compared to me. 5'11", both of them are 5'11". And uh, it was a, a really great game. And uh, here's Naomi who won over Serena and uh, last year in the U.S. Open. And um, Coco beat, eliminated a Serena in uh, a previous match. And to make it to this point was just all eyes on the U.S. Open. And because Naomi won the match, and she 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 beat her kind of hands down. I believe it was like uh, a two to three or two to four uh, win over Coco. But poor Naomi, she was in another situation where at some point both of the young ladies, you know, teared up. Whereas Coco, at fifteen, she really cried that she was under so much pressure that it was very hard for her to deal with it, the pressure of the media and the expectations of her fans following her because she rose to number one as uh, a, a teen sensation. But with that in mind, you know, and, and the grace that was shown by Naomi and compassion, you know, told her that, listen, she is uh, a wonderful person, that she's a true athlete and um in fact coco she told the um commentator that naomi had been so sweet and she thanked her for it and she said she didn't want people to think that she was trying to take the moment away from naomi because she really deserved it and and in turn naomi naomi said that told to coco's parents that i remember seeing you all come and you know when and practice and play, you know, years ago when I started and she began to choke and tear up. Altogether, it was such a, a touching moment for these two young ladies who are both victorious. And it was just phenomenal, phenomenal because the two of them are amazing young ladies. And this was a moment and really it was a beautiful moment of sportsmanship and for history. It will be historical and it will be talked about for years to come. So even Kobe Bryant had to tweet about it. He said, great match, and that the future of tennis is in the great hands. <laughs> so, you know, from Martina Navratilova to, you know, Billie Jean King, people had to chime in, and even Ellen DeGeneres, of course. She congratulated both uh, of the two phenomenal ladies and uh, Sloane Stephens even chimed in in Twitter. She applauded them and she said that this support is what tennis should be all about. That's what I'm talking about. All these young ladies are phenomenal. So with that, I would like to close my show. It's the end. I know it's been sweet. So I'm going to end with this, I believe. Number one. This I believe that sports is better than religion because it unites people from all backgrounds through the upsets and even to exhilarating joy. Number two, this I believe that you can arrive the, at the end of your journey and make it easier if you only focus on the grind and not getting to the end. 
Number three, this I believe. Drama in the home is like toilet toilet tissue that you wipe with. You got to be sure you take care of your business before you leave so that you don't have any trails following you for everyone to see. Number four, this I believe. When you're dealing with other people's drama, be sure to wear your Superman drama cape. And then when you leave, you throw the cape off. With that cape, you can bounce off any drama, but you never claim it to be your own. And number five, this I believe. Whether you're dieting from food or a relationship, just remember, while you're trying to do yourself good, don't punish yourself or suffer completely. Always allow yourself to replace that missing piece with a new slice of joy in the pie of life. And that I believe. Well, that's for my show today. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter. That's Sister Love at SongB510. And Instagram, that's Sonia Brooks. And be sure to add us to your feed. And your support can come by Patreon. So look for Sister Love on Patreon. And also a five-star rating. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Peace. Peace.